What is life really like for African-Americans living in the middle? What does the middle actually mean? What are our stories? How do we navigate the middle? We represent voices of African-Americans living in the middle. Geography, class, family, profession, spirituality. Join Denisha, Nicole, Carrie, Thea, and Naya as we explore the individual stories that form our collective narrative. Buy the plane ticket and always bring toilet paper. In this episode of Life in the Middle podcast, we are speaking with special guests, Naomi Prelo and Nikki Okazi. I am speaking with Naomi Prelo, um, who is a journalist at an NPR affiliate station in w, at WUNC in Greensboro, North Carolina. Did I get that all correct? Yeah, WUNC. Okay, perfect. And when she is not reporting the news, she is a world traveler. And so that's why she is my special guest today. Um, Naomi is a virtual travel friend through a previous Twitter meetup. And we'll get into that a little bit later. But ultimately, I just want to welcome you to the show. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. So our, just a little brief background, our podcast is Life in the Middle podcast. And it's a platform really for exploring what life is really like for African-Americans living in the middle. And frankly, what living in the middle means. Um, For myself and my co-host, the project was somewhat of an offshoot of our own personal experiences about navigating the space around us and how we straddle the lines between race, class, age, um, whatever, and how it manifests in certain spaces like work, family, and even today's topic, which is travel. So I want to begin the conversation by asking you, when it comes to travel, what does being in the middle mean to you? Oh, gosh. Um, (laughs) Starting hard. Yeah, it is, because I don't don't even know how I would um, describe, like, traveling for me in the the middle i mean i i I know it's going to sound like very generic or just like you know not a great answer (laughs) there's no not great answers (laughs) for for me i mean it's just all about just living my life and, and and traveling and doing what i want like when i travel obviously you know i'm always up to date on all like current events and stuff like that but other than that i i just go on and do what I do you know I just I go to the country I, I say I'm like okay I see what I want to see and I just do it it's, it's how I live my life here you know in, in the states I just pretty much um, you know do what I want to do always keep in mind what's going on in my country or in other countries and then just you know navigate <laughs> and have a good time and well, that makes a lot of sense, too. And um, being, I guess, for me, one of the the one word I would use to describe travel is freedom. Um, mm-hmm. And it sounds a little bit a lot, a little bit of what you're describing. I when I travel, I feel like I can do what I want. Um, and I can be who I want, where at least for me, sometimes I feel like I have some of those constraints at home. Is there one word you would use to describe travel for you? Mm, hmm, one word. 
because I don't want to copy your word. <laughs> <laughs> I think for me, because I do solo travel so much, it probably is independence. Mm-hmm. That's what travel means to, to me. Um, because, you know, you're, you're going out here into this other country, you know, as, as a black person, and you really don't have, like, much of a safety net to fall back on. Like, I, I feel like at least, like, when you're traveling through the U.S., you have, you know, a lot of other people who look like you and who, mm-hmm. you know, deal with the, the American experience, you know, who will, who will be able to help you. But yes. when you travel to other countries, you don't, because even if you see someone who is black, you know, they could be African or they could be a native of that country, and they don't share the same experiences that you do. Mm-hmm. So... You know, yeah, there's that shared skin color, but the experiences aren't the same. So sometimes they may not be, you know, as willing to help you as you would be in America. So it's like it's all about independence for me. That's what I get from travel. So you have to really learn how to rely on yourself. Well, how did you become a solo travel traveler? How did that start? Um, I see. It was 2014. Actually, it was. This week, yeah, this week in 2014, um, that I planned that I went on my first solo trip. Oh wow! And I remember, happy yeah, anniversary. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> but I remember, um, you know, I always wanted to go to Buenos Aires, you know, because me and my mom we love the Vita and mm-hmm. um, the movie and everything. And I was just one day, it just kind of popped in my head. And I had a lot of frequent flyer miles with American Airlines. And um, December 2013, I was just like, I remember I was at work on a Saturday and I just was like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to get the ticket. So I used my miles to get the ticket. And it just, it was just such a crazy emotion of like nervous, like nerves and excitement. And I'm like, gosh, I can't believe I really did this. (laughs) And, um, then it was just a waiting game and lots and lots of research. Like I was doing research before I bought the um, the ticket. You know, I was like, okay, what? Oh wow! You know, tips do people have for solo travelers? But and so then, um, yeah, you know, I, I hopped on the plane. Um, I think the week after my birthday, and you know, I took that first trip. It was only six days. I, I went and I, I loved every second of it. It was great. So would you describe that as kind of like your epiphany trip where you were like, I am an independent woman, I can do this? Or did it even come after that first trip to Buenos Aires? Um, I think it probably came after. Well, so what was that epiphany trip then if it wasn't Buenos Aires? I mean, you successfully completed that one and it set you on a trajectory to continue to travel. But what was that one trip where it seemed like, oh, wow, I've, I'm, I'm at a place where I want to be or I can do this? You know, honestly, I don't ever think I had that epiphany. Wow. I just, yeah, honestly, I mean, yeah, I just, you know, after Buenos Aires, I was like, shoot, I want to do this some more. <laughs> and so that same year, I, I booked a solo trip to Turks and Caicos, you okay. know, because I, I was like, shoot, solo trip. I was like, solo travel rocks. Let me <laughs> Do some more of this. I can go see the countries that I want to see, you know, knock off things off my bucket list and mm-hmm. do what I got to do. I, I don't think I ever really had an epiphany. I just started doing it. Okay. 
when I we met on the Twitter meetup, um, virtually met on a Twitter meetup, and it was with it was sponsored or like co-hosted by Anika the Traveler and Nicole is the New Black. So, do you think it was kind of around the time where you were you made your decision to take that big trip to Buenos Aires? Uh, I want to say it was maybe 2012 when it happened, or maybe I don't know. It was either 2012 or 2013. Okay. But you know, I know that um, I was definitely part of the chat when I decided to travel, or you know, decided to take my first solo trip. They would throw out questions, right? Just about different traveling tips, different. Um, topics about travel and there would be a group of what like 10 or to 15 or so people that would just kind of respond back and forth yeah I would always like be at work and just take an hour to (laughs) be in the chat (laughs) yeah that that helped me a lot sort of get some strength into traveling on my own and I felt like I found it because I was researching like traveling tips you know traveling while black or traveling solo as a female or um how to pack and and take a carry-on or something like that and I think I found Onika the Traveler through that And then I found Nicole is the new black I think through Onika the Traveler just from different blog articles that she would have posted and then the chat after that so it was kind of a a domino effect for me but certainly one that helped what do you think is the biggest misconception that people have about solo travel um what do you hear from other people when you talk about your solo travel well you know the same like oh you're going by yourself oh you're so brave oh that's so scary oh you know aren't you afraid you're going to get taken or something like that? And I'm just like, y'all, chill. (laughs) (laughs) So what do you think are tips that you would give to travelers or to folks that want to travel but are nervous about that? So as they're sort of researching how to get over that hump, what are some tips that you would provide for them? Just, you know, book it. That's that's all I can say. Like, book that ish. (laughs) Yes. And, you know, because if you don't, you know, you're going to kind of end up talking yourself out of it or letting other people talk yourself out of it. Just buy the plane ticket and and call it a day and then get started from there. Because the more you hesitate, the more you wait, prices are going to go up Mm -hmm. or, you know, someone's going to be like, oh, well, I heard they don't like black people over there. Mm -hmm. And you're going to be like, ah, mm, maybe I should wait until my friend comes. Like, no, just buy the plane ticket and call it a day. Do it. You, that is my motto. I am by first, plan later, all the way. Uh, if I get it on my calendar, then I'm going. I'm less likely to pull out. So I totally agree with that. Mm-hmm. What about packing? Are you a check bag person or do you carry on generally? Oh, I, car- I, I carry on all the way. Okay. I, I-, I can't stand check bags. <laughs> Yeah, I just don't want to have to pay for it. See, so you're you are a lot more practical than I am. I'm thinking this out three or four steps. Yeah, I just I just don't want to have to pay, you know, twenty five or fifty or however much for a check bag. And so I'm just like, yeah. And then plus, I just like to have my stuff with me. Like I don't, you know, because you know that obviously people can lose their bags mm-hmm. when they check it. Blah blah blah. Like I want to know that. Everything that I'm wearing, you know, my my face stuff, my creams, my lotions, and all that is right in the overhead bin above me and right (laughs) below my feet. 
Well, have there been any big lessons learned from traveling, mistakes you made that, you know, you learned from? I mean, definitely um, to always uh, always know what the taxi rates are. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good go. one. Because, I mean, I, that, I feel like that's something that people are like, you know, oh, what? But it is something that you can face are because you will get ripped off if you don't because they'll think you're like, oh, tourists, yippee. And then you're going to think, oh, that is totally the right. And it's totally not the right. <laughs> it's totally not the right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And obviously, you know, go into, you know, a taxi that is, you know, legit. Make sure you do your research on taxi companies. I mean, I know a lot of people do Uber mm-hmm. too, but not every country uses Uber. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just educate yourself. For me, solo travel is just common sense. So obviously take the medicines that you mm-hmm. need and, you know, know how much things cost before you go into a place. Like, no tipping etiquette. No, you know, what you're allowed to wear or what you're not allowed to wear mm-hmm. if, there's, if you're going to, like, a very conservative mm-hmm. place. You know, just use your common sense and do your research. That's... I guess that's the biggest thing. <laughs> do you, what travel blogs or vlogs do you use? Um, Are there ones you're... Comm- when, okay, I remember it was 2010. Mm-hmm. And I was... I remember I was in my classic Greek class, which I got a D in because I was too busy. <laughs> you were too busy thinking about know, travel? Black women travel or something. Mm-hmm. And the first blog that popped, popped up was Onika the Traveler. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I clicked on it and I, it was just like... <laughs> you know, like so that was your epiphany. Yeah, I mean, well, I don't, I don't know if it was an epiphany. It was just like, oh my gosh, there's black women who actually travel because, <laughs> you know, when you when you think about like travel movies or travel TV shows, all you see is white people. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? True. And so I was interested, like, okay, are there other black women who like travel like me? And so I, I found her blog, and I was just like, oh my gosh. Yay! And then you know, of course, I spiraled, and I found other people, other black women's blogs and stuff like that about travel. And I was just like, "This is great! There's people out here who like to travel and who look like me! Yippee!" Right. That started in like 2010, and I, you know, really kept up with her. And you know, obviously, Nicole was the new black. 2015, I joined No Madness Travel Tribe, which is like this huge black yes. travel group on. Facebook and there's a lot of black travel groups on Facebook but Nomadness is like the biggest one it's just a really great resource like for me I don't I don't keep up with blogs or like Facebook and stuff like that much anymore mm-hmm. so like if you were to say like who's your favorite travel blog I mean I guess I would say Onika but I haven't been on her site in like a long years. time not and it's, it's not anything against her oh you of know? course but I mean it's a great resource because obviously like if you have a question about you know I don't know, Australia or something, you can just type in the search box and be like, and everyone will have some type of post on it. You right. know what I mean? And or I think they just, also do meetups um, or, you know, hey, yeah, I'll be do. in such and such a country during these dates. Well, fun things. What was your most recent trip? Um, I just got back from Peru and Bolivia on Tuesday. Like, seriously, my, my, I promise you, my friends were like, why don't you post more pictures for your trip? And I was like, y'all are lucky that you got that picture of me at Machu Picchu, okay? Like, chill. It was a, we got a Machu Picchu picture and we got a Bolivia, we got a Salt Flats picture. I was like, look at that. Last picture was like November 2017. <laughs> 
I mean, it's just, you know, like, I don't know. I just, I don't want to, like, oversaturate, you know, people with my travels and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. It's just a weird thing for me. I just, I mean, before, you know, when I was younger, like, even, Mm -hmm. you know, just a couple of years ago, I would still, you know, post, like, albums of my travel. And then I was just like, yeah. (laughs) Life changes. (laughs) Exactly. So I was just like, let me just give these people, like, two like important things that you know i know they're going to want to see obviously they're going to want to see machu picchu and Mm -hmm. mm, some other photo or whatever but um what did you or how did you pick was it just on your list you checked it off did it start with uh cheap flights you found um it was uh i mean i had known that i want to go to peru like that Peru wasn't like something that was like one of my list like Greece is. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just like, you know, it'd be pretty cool to go to Peru. And then of course the universe starts putting all these things about Peru in your you know, in your way. Yes. So I was just like, okay, Peru's popping up and so I bought a ticket which wasn't the cheapest. I wish it was cheaper. It was like six ninety. Usually I can get them for like three or four, but mm-hmm. you know, whatever. I'm not bitter. <laughs> hey, you so, got to see um, it. You had amazing vacation. Yeah, so, huh? I said, hey, it's worth it if you have an amazing vacation. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I got, um, you know, I bought my ticket in December. And mm-hmm. um, then, you know, I just started researching and planning. And, um, you know, finally, the, the travel day happened because it was a birthday present for myself because my birthday was on August 11th. And oh, so happy belated like, birthday. Thank you. And so I, I was like, okay, I want to visit Machu Picchu on my birthday. And it happened, you know, thankfully. And then I was just like, well, because it was originally just going to be Peru. You know, I was just going to do mm-hmm. Lima and, you know, Machu Picchu and that's it. But then I was like, well, Bolivia's right next door. I mean, why mm-hmm. not? You know what I mean? I, yep. <laughs> So I was like, well, let me just, you know, research Bolivia and see what they have. Ooh, the Southwest, okay. And then, of course, I was like, oh, Chile is right there, too. And I was like, no, no. Don't get sidetracked. <laughs> yeah, I was there for two weeks, and, you know, it was it was great. The altitude, like, literally sucked all the moisture out of my skin. So mm-hmm. I was walking around all sunburnt and dry-skinned, and it was gross. <laughs> Um, but I mean, I, I had a great, I had a great time. It was, it was wonderful. Well, what is next on the horizon? Maybe you haven't like bought your tickets or formally planned, but is there, is there a particular place you're thinking about going next? Uh, yeah. So this year, um, so October, I'm going to Portugal and Spain. Um, Lovely. And that, yeah, that started off as just Portugal, but then I was like, well, Spain's right next door. I haven't been there since 2011. Mm-hmm. Might as well. So I'm going to Lisbon, Sintra, and then in Spain, I'm going to Madrid and Seville. And I actually used to live in Seville in 2011 for a summer. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah. So it's, you know, I've been wanting to get back to it. And so I'm just, I'm excited about that. And then November, two of these, these two girls that I met in Belize um, in 2016, they, they're, you know, they're American. They're from Mm -hmm. Colorado. They invited, they were like, hey, we're going to, you know, Germany. Do you want to come? And I was like sure why not so and then they were like oh let's go to hungary also and i was like okay cool in germany and hungary in november and i've already started planning my travels for next year because i know because next year i'm planning on cutting down on my travel you know because this year i wasn't 
I didn't mean to do six countries, but I did. Mm-hmm. So hey. this year I'm like cutting it in half. Like I'm only doing three countries. I'm doing Paris for like a four day weekend in April. Okay. Um, Greece. Finally, my top bucket list, you know, thing is to go to Greece. Ever since I've, ever since I was 15, and I saw Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. Don't judge me. <laughs> oh my <laughs> gosh, that's that is serious. <laughs> You know, because I mean, like, I feel like some people are like, oh, what was, what in, what country, you know, what inspired you to go to this country? Or when did you realize that you really mm-hmm. want to travel? I was like, look, you know, yes, I saw the mummy. And, you know, of course, I always wanted to go to Egypt because of that. Right. But honestly, what really got me was Greece and seeing it and just sort of the traveling pants because I was a young and impressionable 15 year old. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I want to go there. So finally, 15 years later, I'm planning a two-week solo vacation. Well, could be solo, could be not. Probably will be solo. Um, I'm planning a two-week vacation for my birthday, for my 30th birthday. So okay. it's a milestone. I'm like, yes, this is going to happen. So I'm already planning that. And then uh, I wanted to do October. I want to do Mexico um, City and Puebla and uh, Guanajuato for October, but my passport expired or like you know six month passport thing yes um uh-huh. happens in august so i was like i might have to push mexico up to like june or something so paris mexico and greece are for, are planning for next year i'm already in like the planning phases even though i haven't gone on these other two vacations yet. no i <laughs> feel then- you i the planning planning ahead keeps me moving forward right for travel so I totally understand that well thank you so much for this conversation it's been awesome I feel like I've gotten to know you um, even better than our virtual relationship over these last few years is there anything that you want to share to our listeners just about your travels um, or one token of knowledge that you want to pass on to the audience? I don't know, a book, article, saying something you live by when it comes to travel that you want to share? Um, I guess I would have to say my parting words, just buy the plane ticket and always bring toilet paper because you <laughs> never know when you're going to need toilet paper. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's funny. I do that as well. <laughs> No, seriously, that's that's honestly one thing that I've learned. Like, always bring toilet paper because some countries, you know, you learn the hard way. Trust me, having to do things in porter potties in Cuba, when you, it's, it's, it's I mean, it's not pretty. So, <laughs> always bring guys are with you. I think mainly toilet paper. <laughs> I think that is an amazing parting gift. all right thank you for being a part of this travel episode nikki i would like you to introduce yourself so that um i can tell all my funny stories later well uh, my name is nikki okazy i am a mental health specialist um and that's my day job um and yes, I am a world traveler, I guess. Not as extensively as some of my peers, but <laughs> I get around. <laughs> a little light shade for the pod. That's all right. 
So I would like to begin the conversation by asking you, when it comes to traveling, when it comes to travel, what does life in the middle mean to you? Trying to figure out the balance between working and finding time for yourself and investing in things that kind of replenish you. Mm Mm-hmm. For me, travel in the middle is trying to find some middle ground between not completely losing my mind at work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely. And, you know, finding some rejuvenation. Oftentimes it doesn't hit me how much working is taking from me until it's time for me to go on a trip. <laughs> I but can relate I just, to that. Um, That's, that is super telling. Yeah, you know, things don't have the same depth and the same valence when I'm at, at the end of my rope. <laughs> so, and do you, you know. feel like it's physiological as well? I always, I can, I, I can feel my body telling me that it's time for oh, me yeah. to go on a vacation. My pressure rises my patience goes, I get acne, <laughs> There's just so many yep. physiologic signs that I find when it's time for me to travel. Yes, like yes, exactly. Like I'm definitely more short-tempered, definitely more mm-hmm. <laughs> tired all the time. Can't deal with anything. Just leave me alone. I want to eat bad stuff, <laughs> or I don't want to eat at all. Just let me sleep. Cause everybody, nobody talk to me. Don't come to me with. Don't come to me. Don't ask me anything. (laughs) And travel is such an important part of my life that even with the small um, self-care that I do regularly, it still becomes Mm -hmm. overwhelming when it's time for me to go on a vacation. At this point, I've learned every, just quarterly, just don't even, why even bother? Every three months, just, just go somewhere. <laughs> I agree. And it can be national or international, right? Just getting away and yeah. um, doing yeah, something new is, and seeing something new. Yeah. It's nice when it's international though, because you can, it, you have a better ability of unplugging mm-hmm. because even if it's not just work, it's not just work that's pulling at you. It's other responsibilities too. Your friends, your family, and it's not that you don't want to do these things. It's just that mm-hmm. sometimes you just don't have, you just don't have it to give. And you just so sometimes internationally is nice, and you can just oh no, there was no Wi-Fi, so I can't talk to you. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> that is very very true. Well, yes, when you think is. about like how you got to this place of needing to travel. Um, or wanting to travel, is there a word, one word that you would use to describe your travel, something that fits into your life as to the type of person you are with travel? For me, it's freedom um, in that I can be who I am all the time. I can, I can be independent. I have just less constraint than what I do in a regular mm-hmm. basis. But is there something that sort of mm-hmm. describes this journey that you've been on to become a traveler, a regular traveler? I would say exploration. Mm. Just going out there. Because you not only explore the place where you are, but you also 
kind of explore yourself and how you are in new environments and with new people. So I think that that's, yeah, that's probably the word that I would use if I had to choose one word. It'd probably be, be that one. I like that. Um, I think that that is, is so true. Or what is one trip, an epiphany trip, or even a recent trip where you really learned the most about yourself? I think I would say my first solo international trip. Okay. I think I learned a lot about myself that trip. I It was last year. Uh-huh. I went to Iceland because uh-huh. um, I had to see the Northern Lights girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. And your pictures were fabulous, by the yeah. way. But, you know, there's something about going somewhere outside of the country by yourself. It's just like a little exciting, a little scary. You know, how? what am I going to do? How am I going to make any friends? <laughs> I had to be by myself the whole time. And it was just, you know, I learned that I maybe not learned, but solidified some thoughts about myself that, you know, I'm not as shy as I once thought I was. I can definitely, definitely hold my own with new people. Like when you're in a group of people, because I'm an introvert. So when I'm Mm -hmm. in a group of people, there's always an extrovert in the group. Mm -hmm. So I can just sit back and chill. But when you're by yourself, you kind of have to put yourself out there. And it was a lot. It was was easier than I thought Mm -hmm. it would be to do and felt relatively natural. And I made connections that I still talk to some of those people today. So tell me about how you are one of the experiences where you jumped out there in your trip to Iceland. People in Iceland are really nice and friendly. But when I was at the airport, Mm -hmm. I actually, I didn't really expect to see any black people in Iceland. (laughs) <laughs> so, <laughs> so yes so yes right in the airport i saw these two guys and i was just like hey, and they were just as surprised to see me and we were just like hey <laughs> shouting each other out okay that's that. funny that later on that day i had decided i was going to go and explore the city Reykjavik and i was walking around and i happened to just re- i was Mm-hmm. ran into them on the street and I was like you're the two dudes from the airport and on while they were going around they had met a, one other girl from Atlanta so I was like yes <laughs> so really we're all just yes we're all just okay that's wild music, taking pictures talking laughing obviously like you're in the states no I'm not I mean yes I'll say hello to people but it's not like hey it's not like we are family, but it's not quite mm-hmm. like when you see a black person in Iceland. <laughs> <laughs> in a place where you don't expect to see another black person. I had an experience like that mm-hmm. last year in Chile. Was it? La- yes, last year in Chile. I was in Santiago and I went to a bar for dinner and I ended up meeting this um, mm-hmm. young lady from Australia who had taken, had quit her job and decided to just travel for a year. And she moved to South America like six months before we met in Chile. And she was on her last month of traveling before she was going home. She was staying at a hostel and she had met an 18-year-old German girl who had landed in Santiago that same day. And this was this 
this German girl was taking a gap year before starting university the following year, and she decided mm -hmm. to just travel South America for a year. So they were sitting at a bar. I was sitting at a bar. We had dinner. We ate. And the Australian girl was talking about, an I think there's an Australian football league, so it's not soccer, it's not rugby, but it's okay. something in the middle. I still don't know the exact rules, but it's called the Australian Football League, and apparently their championships were on the same night. So I met two young ladies who had who just this night and we had dinner we had a few drinks and somehow we ended up in a bar at one o'clock in the morning waiting for an australian mm. football championship league game to start at two o'clock in the morning that did not yeah. end until five o'clock in the morning and there were like 30 people in a bar in a basement in the middle of santiago chile i had yeah. no idea where we were but it was so much fun and these were people i'd yeah. met like that three kind of hours before it, that happens when you travel yeah. those are the experiences you're just open, I enjoy. you have yeah. no agenda you have no itinerary you're just out there i'm just gonna see where the night takes me <laughs> and meet who i meet go where i go uh -huh. and just enjoy myself live in the moment and that's the kind of stuff that happens so you said you took your first solo trip about a year ago or last year to iceland so previous to that internationally your trips were mostly right. group trips or right. one or two friends or something like that do you feel like you want to take a lot more solo trips or you really enjoy the group trips or what are the differences that you see between oh, those I can, two types I, of traveling both have their pros and cons i would definitely be up for taking more solo trips. I think that was another thing that I realized because Iceland is a very safe country. So I said, well, this is my first solo trip, so let me pick a place mm -hmm. where I don't have to really feel like I need to be on guard more than I would anywhere else. So, you know, I think I would definitely mm -hmm. do more solo trips because you have the freedom to do whatever you want. You want to sleep in, sleep in. You want to stay up all night, stay up all night. You don't want to go to that museum, don't go to that museum. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. the work, you can do whatever you want. You don't have to ask any. Yeah, you don't have to there ask. There is some beauty your, in that partner, your other trip mates, what they want to do and consider people's agendas and the things that they want. You can just do you. And I love that. And, but with Very group true. trips, you also have built-in company. You get to share experiences with people. Um, they may do things that you never would have thought to do, and then you end up really, really enjoying. <laughs> so... And you don't have to worry about where you're going to be at at three o'clock in the morning. Are you going to be with exactly. friends, new friends, old friends? <laughs> Those are all benefits and pluses. The first time, the first time I went to Nigeria, I that I remember anyway was when I was maybe nineteen. Okay. I remember everybody basically telling me I was American when I was there. So I felt that annoyance that you felt, like a, just kind of a. What what mm -hmm. are you saying exactly? I mean, obviously they're my family. They're accepting. They're just like, well, I mean, you're more American than you are Nigerian, and that, for intents and purposes, is true. It but it just, still annoyed it, you, yeah, or was, was a little, or hurt very, a little bit. Mm -hmm. Mm, yeah. 
And now years later, does that, do you feel differently when uh, you traveled back? How long ago? I was there. How long has it been since you were there last? Christmas ago. So not last Christmas, not last Christmas, but the one before. Okay. It doesn't bother me as much. Since then, I have probably been more aware of that and made some effort to learn more and understand more. About Nigerian culture? Um, But outside of the food, because I have that covered. Mm -hmm. But, you know, my parents weren't really, they they don't really talk, they don't really say very much about it besides uh, some nostalgic type things. And they don't really talk about what, Mm-hmm. It was really like growing up there. They didn't send us there for summers. I made more of an effort to understand and, you know, definitely feel more comfortable when I go there now. So that's probably part of them not, mm-hmm. of them not saying or saying those things less to me. I feel that way yeah. anymore. Mm-hmm. It definitely feels more like home now than it did that time. But, you know, I was 19. What the heck did I know at 19? I feel like the more I know, the better a person I am. And I learn so much through travel. So that's what gets me pretty excited about it on a regular basis. What um, what travel tips would you give our listeners? Um, My my first (laughs) rule is buy the plane ticket first plan the trip later. That's just, that's what I live by. (laughs) But, you know, for someone that is wanting to travel, whether it is nationally and especially internationally, or even someone who wants to step their game up, what, what have you learned about your travels? Well, over the years, I would say play to your strengths first. So if you're not if you okay, tell me more about that. know that you like a particular food or you're really interested in a particular type of art or you want to, you've taken some language classes and you really want to go and experience the culture. Go, basically pick a place where you really, really want to go. And something that will enhance whatever love you have for something already. Like if you love Thai food, go to Thailand. You can't get any more Thai than that. (laughs) Like besides the food, you will learn about their hospitality. You will learn about their religion. You will learn about all of the different places that you can go because Bangkok is great but there are a ton of other places to go in Thailand besides Bangkok at least you know that there is one thing there that you will really enjoy that is a great perspective I don't know that I've ever thought about traveling with that in mind that's definitely something I'll have to think about more I'm usually the oh sixty or six hundred dollar round trip but you know if you're just starting out then (laughs) I think um that would be a great place to start. <laughs> what mistakes have you made that you want to mm. prevent someone else from making? For my first few international trips, mm. I overpacked. So my rule now is really, if I can't walk down the street with my bags, I yeah, pack too much. that's a good one. Even when we went to South America, in retrospect, I, or South Africa, in retrospect, I was like, man, I overpacked. I wore like five things out of that big old suitcase right 
the same five things. And I could have, I, I definitely could have taken a carry on. So mm-hmm. I always, I lead with a carry on. <laughs> that was, that was the early mistake yeah, that that's, I made. That's a really good one. I think now at this point, I'm like, basically, if I, I'm trying to get down to a backpack, to be honest. <laughs> I don't Jesus, know you just ever. gave me heart palpitations. I like clothes too much, and you know, I do have to stunt for the gram. But <laughs> and there's that. <laughs> if there are no gram pictures, we are not doing a vacation right. Okay, yeah, a backpack. I'm impressed. I I don't even. I've never even watched a video on Listen. like backpack packing, and I guess I feel like I could do it because. As I, the more I travel, I literally mm-hmm. wear five, I, I, five things. I, I have found that I wear five things and I've, even, I've been able to pare down a lot, but I still haven't been able to give up my carry-on suitcase. I'm trying oh. to get there. So are you like, what are you doing to try? I'm like, what are you doing to try and get there? Are you planning your clothes out earlier? Are you planning outfits by the day? How do you plan to get there? planning outfits by the day, but being able to just kind of letting go of my need to wear all of the colorful clothes that I have. (laughs) So, because obviously Mm. when you have a color scheme and it's pretty neutral, then that is much it's mm-hmm. much easier to pack less things and get away with wearing those things over and over. But I'm like, no, I want to wear this striped dress though. I want to wear this shirt. So I, letting go of that. <laughs> yeah, that's hard. That is definitely hard. I yeah, I'll, I'm not. I don't even know that I'm at a point where I can even pretend that that is something that I will be able to do. I'm just gonna have to. I have been able to Ooh. pare down to three pairs of that shoes, is, which is I think win. is a win. And I literally mean yep. the shoes I wear on the plane, a nice pair of shoes, nicer, you know, not stilettos, but a mm-hmm. nicer pair of shoes for yep. like nighttime and then daytime yep. shoes, which are usually like, I don't know, Converse, Vans, something of that nature and like some hiking shoes. And then if it's summertime, a pair of nice sandals that can double as going out sandals or laying by the water sandals or something like that. I've been proud of myself for that because I was definitely, not only would I early on pack too many clothes, but I would definitely pack too many shoes. It's like, I need a pair of shoes for these two outfits Mm -hmm. and I need a pair of shoes for these two outfits. Mm -hmm. And I quickly had to give that up. up Do you use packing cubes? I find them very useful there. Okay. They make things much more organized. So, you know, you have your packing cube for all your sh- all your shirts. <laughs> so you never, you just pull out that cube and pull out your shirt instead of digging. The, exactly. That you instead, never wear. Like, like I said, yeah, a packing exactly. cube full of shirts for real. Okay. So <laughs> you're not digging through your suitcase looking for things all the time. <laughs> so I like that it makes me a neater person when I'm traveling because I used to just have stuff everywhere. That also makes it a lot harder to pack exactly. efficiently when you're so, just throwing stuff in your I bag. I love packing cubes. I think my, my tip is not that I've ever had any problems with people that I've traveled with. I haven't. But I think that knowing mm-hmm. your, knowing who you're going with is important. Some of your friends may be less adventurous. So maybe that's not the person that you take with you to Vietnam because they're not going to try and you know, go to 
some little village somewhere that you really want to go see. <laughs> well, no, no, I'm not doing that. What will I eat? Where will I use the bathroom, etc. So that's when I'm like, okay, well, I'll see you on Tuesday because my flight leaves at True 4 story. p.m. on Saturday. <laughs> True story. I'll be back. <laughs> we talked a little bit before about your, just in our personal conversation about your upcoming travels. So can you give the listeners your 2018, 2019 lineup? So because it sounds pretty good. The rest of like go back and tell you what I've already done in 2018 or what I'm doing next. <laughs> Why not? You can make everybody jealous. Uh, so let's see. 2018, I did Bali and Thailand in April and then I did Paris in June this week I'm leaving to go to Mexico City for about five days um and that currently is all that I've planned for 2018 (laughs) and well it sounds like a lot (laughs) exactly You still have the holidays. So you definitely have another opportunity to to travel. You know, and in 2019, January, I'm going to New Zealand and Fiji. So I should probably just sit down somewhere (laughs) until then. (laughs) You should definitely sit down somewhere. Well, thank you, Miss Nikki Okazi, for giving us our interview today, talking all things travel. Is there anything that I missed that you want to share? Or usually my closing is to ask for one token of knowledge that you want to pass on to our audience. Doesn't have to be anything related to travel, but anything inspiring, anything that you've read recently, a book, an article, anything you may want to share. Honestly, Probably just go out there and do find something that brings you joy. I don't care what it is. It could be traveling. It could be cooking. It could be reading. It could be gardening. Find it. Do it often. (laughs) The name of my episode is going to be um, buy the plane ticket now and always bring toilet paper. So my two (laughs) guests, (laughs) Naomi Prelo and Nikki Okazi, um, we're both are are both friends of mine in different ways. Nikki and I have known each other for probably for some years. Um, we've traveled together a few times. She lives in D.C. Um, and we always kind of share travel stories and things like that. Naomi is a virtual friend, as I said in the podcast, and we met on Twitter um, as part of a Twitter meetup group some years ago. Um, for black women to talk about traveling. And it was hosted by Onika the Traveler, who has had an amazing girl glow up. She's got a blog and she's now on the Travel Channel with two different shows um, about traveling, learning how to travel, making money while you travel, traveling while black, traveling with everything. So mm-hmm. she's an amazing um, person and blog, vlog, and all that good stuff. So The questions that I came away with um, were fourfold. And so we'll kind of start with the ones that I think are most important. But I think the biggest question that I always think of when I think of traveling and engaging in the conversations is why don't we travel? Why don't Mm -hmm. black people travel Um, or why don't we as black women travel or black families travel? Or is it the question of why aren't we seen as travelers? 
because we do travel. Um, And there is a movement, and I am sure the movement goes far beyond when I joined the movement. (laughs) Um, I know that for a fact. But there is, I think, a more recent movement of black travel, black travel companies, um, groups that curate travel in any number of regions and any number of areas. Tastemakers Africa, Afro-Latina travel, up in the air travel. There's so many spaces for us to do that. Um, What are y'all's thoughts on getting us out there? You know, I am, I have always been a traveler, but I was fortunate in that I had a parent who worked for an airline. And so we've been international travelers for years. Uh I mean, this was back in the day when I had my own term pass, right? Because by the time I was born and I was, I can go back in my mother's things and find all my little term passes where I could just go in and get a plane ticket and just roll out. Mm -hmm. And so um, I think that we have, I have seen an explosion in us as black folks traveling. Now, black Mm -hmm. women, we've always been travelers. But to get black families and getting black men out there and really traveling and getting us above and beyond our block or our neighborhood or our city is really, really exciting. But um, I see the explosion and it's very, very, very nice. I love it. Now, this isn't a black family, but when I was in Chile last year, there was a family that I met on a tour Mm -hmm. and it was a mom, a dad and two little ones, maybe four and six and they decided they were from France and they decided to take a year off and travel and the father mom was a stay-at-home mom dad worked Mm -hmm. but was able to work from home as in everywhere (laughs) and they decided that they would just go someplace and they would decide when they wanted to leave and they wanted to give their kids this amazing experience and it was so fascinating because this tour these little kids that speak nothing but French are on this tour in Spanish and mom is bilingual and it it was just I I felt so warm seeing that Mm -hmm. and I'm like man I want to see more of that with us Mm -hmm. Um, and I found on Onika the Traveler's website I found a blog post that she did about six moms who show us travel with kids as possible and it's Mm. these amazing stories of these black families mom squads specifically who host opportunities for Mm. people to live in different places there's even one that's called wander moms and their plan is to create or their goal is to create like a digital community of nomads Mm. and they describe it as they spend a year living and working abroad and every few months as a group this entire group sort of moves around in different places and I said that incorrectly it's called my wander year now this blog post is from let me see it's from a few years back I can't Mm. find the date exactly 2016 I believe but that's something I never heard of certainly nothing that I think my family would have thought about when I was younger no I, I can tell you the sum total of travel with my family mm-hmm. was every two years we would get in the car and drive from Chicago to Arkansas, <laughs> where my paternal right. grandmother lived. Mm-hmm. And so it was like the Tom and Jerry cartoon, the city mm-hmm. cousins and the country mm-hmm. cousins. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we upgraded to cruises. Hey, right. now. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. Because they were cost effective and you had your meals and you went to one place. and You could see all these places and go. And that's what we would be able to get my parents to do. Like mm-hmm. we would talk them into doing family vacations for cruises. Mm-hmm. And then I started doing the um the all inclusive. 
right? So just right. go, because I like my vacations, I like them to be like a little bit of, a lot of bit of nothing. <laughs> and so then I did that. And it wasn't until Cuba when I personally was like, travel can be more than chilling. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Travel can be learning and experiencing a culture and seeing how they live. I didn't even feel that way when I went to China. But mm-hmm. I don't know if it was the Afrocentric nature of our trip to Cuba. Mm, that can be true. Or what it was. But yeah, tra- I, I think we travel. I think our travel looks different. I think we go to family reunions every year. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, we bring people together every year. I think mo- there are a lot of families I know that decide we're going hither and yon. I just don't think it looks the same. And that's true. I think your story is very fortunate. We didn't internationally travel when I was young, but every year my parents and both my grandparents and my brother and other family members, we would go different places in the U.S. We would drive. Mm -hmm. We would drive to Florida. We would drive Mm -hmm. to Charleston. We would drive to Philadelphia, California, just places, but we never traveled overseas mm-hmm. um, you, at you know, that time. When, when I hear Carrie saying that, when she's describing, I think that's the middle class American way when we were growing up. That wasn't just yeah, black folks. It was the, right? That's why vacation, sure. right. <laughs> that movie resonated with people. But when I hear about <laughs> the French family, I think that is the way to experience and mm-hmm. truly live life, right? But the first thing I think of is, oh, they must be affluent because how are you going to afford that? So I know my barriers when I'm thinking about my family and I have mm-hmm. a, a son that's at that ripe age, six and a half, that could do all these things like you mentioned. How are we going to pay for that? And yeah. then I thought, how do you do school? And then how do you, how do you, how do you? And then all of a sudden the interacting with everyone and experiencing goes into anxiety. And it's just unknown. <laughs> but they make it work. Right. So they make it work. Well, I was going to say that is funny because when you're talking and you're talking about these families and I get all these flutters in my stomach because it speaks to my nomadic self. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I have I was nomadic until I had my second child. Mm-hmm. And so for me to be able to get up and to hop on an airplane, but the cultural capital that was built in me through international travel and travel around the United mm-hmm. States with my parents far outweighed what I ever learned in school. It flowered. And so I'm homeschooling right now. And even in homeschooling, I'm learning. I was telling them earlier, I'm so excited about school. I love school. I love school. And I'm so excited. And my daughter's always looking at me like, oh, for real, mom. But (laughs) to hear that and to hear that families, because I follow a a black family on Instagram that homeschools and all they do is international travel. Mm That is, I mean, there's hostels, there's there's all yes. kinds of ways. And to there's travel. so many ways. Education. Yes. Travel is education. And that was even yes. another one yeah. of my questions. What are the challenges? What are the fears? Because I think that's a real mm-hmm. thing. And money and finance is so, is, is a big one. But there, yeah. I think there are so many ways that I've learned to travel on a budget. Mm-hmm. Um and 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 spending or splurging when I want to on things and then not splurging on yeah. other things, mm-hmm. kind of deciding what works for me. Yeah. And um, Naomi, in our interview, said that as well. She said, you know, just jump on it and start. Don't let anybody kind of talk you out of it. She was That's right. when she said, buy the plane ticket it. first. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's because then you you start thinking about all of these different things. Right. Like, how am I going to afford it? It's still way Who's going to go here. with me? You that's know, right. and you end up yeah. anxiety and talking 
talking yourself yes. out of things, which has happened to me before until I really sort of made it a focus and a plan to travel. Um, but that is so true. But there are so many ways that you can do that. Plane tickets. Um, there's so many apps that send you alerts when yep. airfare to Croatia mm-hmm. is $800 or round trip mm-hmm. tickets to Mexico City are $399. And there, I think there are so many more resources. And perhaps as mm-hmm. people of color, we it's because we don't see ourselves reflected in these resources, we're not we don't see these resources as much. Figuring out how to homeschool um, overseas or figuring out how to take your school-age child and get them someplace and provide them with experiences. So hopefully, as we see more of that, we'll be able to to do more. Yeah, I think Forbes wrote an article in January 2018 that said about 40% of Americans have their passport, Americans in, in mm-hmm. general, um, which mm-hmm. in 97, I think was like 4% oh, or wow. something like that. Mm. So there's been this like explosion. And I think, of course, there's been an explosion in all Americans, but I definitely think there's been an explosion in I people agree. of color and yep. black people yep. in particular. Yep. Um, and I, I'm just hoping that we can continue that because I'm not scared anymore. I don't. My biggest challenge is feeling guilty about leaving work oh, is my biggest no challenge. And I've learned to let's let that go. No, and I, <laughs> but I've learned to overcome that because it's just a part of what I have to do. But I, I still feel it. a little guilty about it every now it. and then. My challenge is just like I'm I'm st- I'm maybe about 50 percent comfortable with going like, quote unquote, alone I'm still mm-hmm. there, but even if I get there, I I'm I am so directionally challenged. Me too. And my fear is just getting somewhere and not really being proficient in the language enough and not like look, not knowing where I am mm-hmm. <laughs> and how I need to navigate is like a Freddy Krueger nightmare. That's for real me. talk. It, I, I, so I'm like, why am I going to go all the way over there <laughs> when I could go to a beach so, where they speak English? I think that I, is I, a true just, thing. That is a true statement. That's real. And I have learned so much more about that in traveling more. And I have the a horrible sense of direction mm, here. Right. It's like, oh, turn, go north. And it's like, I don't. I don't know which way is going, right? But when I, but it's, an, and this is, I think, what I get so much from traveling because I'm almost like an entirely different person when I travel, oh. and I shouldn't be, but I am, mm-hmm. and I can travel, and I'm like, oh, well, here's the grid of the city, and I got the grid of the city, and I'm like, yeah. oh, so I have to go right when I see this sign, and I might not know what that word means, but I know letters, right? And, <laughs> and I know and letters and shapes, and, shapes. and yeah. it is, and it's a lot easier. I think the hardest thing that I had when I. <laughs> finally made that transition was not looking like a tourist, like figuring out how to not walk down the street with a map. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, what I do or my trick generally is I look at the map. If I have to look at the map, mm-hmm. I go inside someplace and have a drink mm-hmm. or I have a little snack mm-hmm. or I sit or mm-hmm. I look at the flowers or I do something like that low key looking at the map. while I'm low-key looking at the map. So then I'm like, oh, okay, well now, you know, now I got where I'm at. And Google Maps work, well, I shouldn't say works everywhere, but Google Maps. Right. Yeah, it, and if to, I need to, to, I can do an Uber or a Uber where I need to go. So I, it, the barriers, I think, are so much less so than what I think a lot of people really feel are. like. They really are. I think they are. The funny mindset. thing is that I think for me, I have a heightened sense of 
of direction. So I always say Amen. my spidey senses are telling me that this, and a lot of that came mm-hmm. from travel. Because when you're in a foreign place that is not your home, you begin to get a heightened sense of, okay, we're driving. I'm in this bus. Like I remember being in Africa. I was in Nairobi and I got on this bus with my mom and dad and we all packed in real mm-hmm. tight. And really saying, okay, we went this direction first and then we mm-hmm. turned to left and really just in my mind saying, I know which direction we turn so I can always map my way backwards to mm-hmm. where I'm going. And so mm-hmm. when you start to travel yeah. internationally. I'll be calling y'all internationally. Like, I, <laughs> because I pay so much more attention I when I travel. I have a here, I couldn't attention. tell you how to get back to the main street. Right. from where we are recording right, <laughs> right now. But I can track my way back from yeah. any number of places huh. when I travel. And it's because mm-hmm. I'm paying more attention. I'm like, oh, so we turned right at the red flower. Mm-hmm. Like, that's so nice. Yeah. You know, and I can I can track back. I do a lot better. But I think that's interesting because to me, that is the total opposite of what I think about travel and vacation. Mm-hmm. I think all the time, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So I am not trying mm-hmm. to go somewhere for seven to ten days I have to think that much mm-hmm. right? I agree so with that's, that. that's yeah. one of my barriers like wait yeah. I gotta really track and look and I do that I, all the time I'm trying I, to sit and listen to the water yes. you know what I mean mm-hmm. and, but, it, but it, it's not it you learn so much by doing it that mm-hmm. way you know what I mean it's just me shifting like what I think about vacation I echo what Thea says. I've changed when I've become a mom because now if I have to do travel, I'm planning from myself, right. my husband. I got to get the baby pack. It right. seems like so much that it's not the relaxing when I've had a busy yeah. time. It used to be I could kind of dream more one more thing to do, a task. So it's easier to go to some place where it's just like, okay, all it's all taken care mm-hmm. It's all taken care of. Yeah. I can just go there and just relax. And I, I know that when I go to a, a great vacation, I come back energized for work, right? Right. Or at least I feel filled up. I might not be energized to look at that inbox, but you feel energized. <laughs> so I know that it's important to do. So when mm-hmm. Carrie was saying she thinks of work, I think that's what we do is we think of all the things work that aren't going to be done office, when we're gone. what's not going to be done mm-hmm. and all of those things so I think that's how travel gets on the back burner and I think the the price still is real life I love all these apps mm-hmm. and all these opportunities how we find out about them is usually from friends who tell us right so if it's more of like I have Carrie now to share some of these things with me because I know just a few but right. I think that makes all the difference because when you're paying for private school and mm-hmm. it's easy to think that's an extra instead of a necessity to keep part your, of your yes mm-hmm. the way you live Self-care. your life mm-hmm. and stuff self-care mm-hmm. it is it's very true and so you talked about like getting out there mm-hmm. and not being stuck yeah right and yeah. one thing so another thing that I thought was phenomenal was Nikki said when I said you know what's one bit of what's some parting advice you would give to people that are nervous about travel and she said play your strengths and I thought that was a phenomenal huh. way to describe it and so her she said, you know, if you're really trying to get over um, the barrier of travel and you like Thai food, well, damn it, go to Thailand, Mm -hmm. you know, so that you can create a trip as opposed to being anxious and nervous about who am I going to talk to? What Mm -hmm. am I going to eat? How am I going to find water? Like, am I going to be by myself or lonely? And it's like, well, if you're going someplace because you want to experience Thai food, no matter if you hate the rest of the trip, you Mm -hmm. are going to have that one thing, that experience that makes made the entire trip worthwhile. And I thought that was like a great way of jumping into it because you can find those things and frankly if an all-inclusive resort and not thinking about anything is what you need and plays to your strengths Mm -hmm. I think that's the way to go I 
am a wanderer in my <laughs> spirit and I have to get out and talk and see and yeah. do things because otherwise I'm just like, I could be doing this at home. <laughs> so I, I really like I get so much out of that experience. And I love my days where I don't leave. I, there's the last time I was in Barbados, there was a day that it rained and it stopped raining. And by the time it stopped raining, I was on my third cup of coffee and like my second episode of Doctor Who. And I had never seen Doctor Who before. And I decided in that very minute that what I wanted to do for the rest of the day was sit on the patio mm -hmm. drinking and watching Doctor Who. And I watched Doctor Who all day in a swimsuit. And it was lovely. And it was lovely. And, and then the next day I kept it moving. I got on my bus and I went to go do my right. tours. But I had a day of rest. And I think it was so interesting is that everybody has a different travel style. Yes. So the sense of right. experience mm -hmm. or the sense of um, adventure that I've received I got from my dad. And my dad is one who travels with us and it was very much, we're going to do what the locals do. Right. Yes. And it's never a touristy. Yeah. I mean, and you can talk to my dad to this day and he will have you cracking up talking about me in Machacos out in two hours outside of Nairobi and me having to use the bathroom with the chickens <laughs> and in an outhouse and how I was just miserable. Now, I wasn't miserable. It was just different. It was different. It was different. But I think it's so yes. interesting to learn yeah. the styles of... Now, my mother, when she traveled, she was very much a, we're going to the Hilton and we're going That's to, right. you know, this Amen is where we're going to... Amen for concierge. Okay. Amen. Yes, yes, yes. For a recommendation. That was I'm mama. She would be like, we're going to go... I get recommendations from street vendors. Okay. <laughs> That's and, where and, I get and recommendations That's what my dad from. would do as well. He'd be like, okay, so I met this person and they're going to exchange our money for us because mm -hmm. it's cheaper to exchange mm -hmm. our money with them. Then, and he would meet locals and mm -hmm. this is how my dad would function. I have anxiety about that just listening to it. <laughs> I don't. I am with in you, Denisha. I am with my you. Money, like, oh, you gonna and give I'm me a better rate? Jokers right. again. I will go to the bank I mean, and pay it, the fee. And that's, that's Chicago. And that's, and that's, that's Chicago. A, and that's, but that's a that's a risk. I mean, it, it really is. is a risk, depending on where you are. So right, and, I'll and, just don't go to the bank. And you could I'm do that. I'm gonna pay more at the airport. <laughs> you, at least I know I'm gonna get my money. Okay, now that is too funny. You know what I think? What you're really talking to about is a mindset, also. And when I think about, I'm a combination. I want to just relax, like. I'm going to let Carrie plan everything and then I'm going to go, but I want the adventure, but I don't want to have to plan it or just kind of go exactly because yes. I just want someone yes. else. So I'll, I'll do like a gap adventures or something like that. But then I think I'm so extroverted. My favorite part of traveling is having those conversations with people that mm. might be locals or might also be traveling mm -hmm. because that breaks down that single story. So we talk about elevating the stories of black right. people. Right. Well, we can also tell single stories about other cultures and what we think and mm -hmm. we know about them. And the best way to learn and what I want to teach my son is when he can engage with others different than himself in their own country, in their own language, mm -hmm. in their own culture. Yeah. So I think that learning that extended classroom that Denisha talked about. That's good. Could you imagine if the globe was his classroom? I mean, that's what I hope for him. It's a beautiful thing. I'm going mm -hmm. to send you the I'm link. Inspired. Yes, I'm we're gonna inspired. Yes. We're going to get a gap year for Rowan. <laughs> and I'm going to call Denisha's dad because I need to hear about the chickens in the bathroom. Oh, <laughs> I think that would be a funny story. Wouldn't it? Yeah. I think we should all call him. Yeah, we, we might have to it. call him in. He, he has, have to he do has do several stories that he could do. Love stories. Mm. <laughs> so, what, so I think this kind of ties a a little bit into what you were saying, Nicole, about having a single story and learning mm -hmm. stories from other places and other people. So I, I asked Nikki this, but have have 
any of you ever been otherized in your travels, made to feel different as an um, as an African American than um, someone else, or have been treated differently in that respect? Because I. In my travels and some of the experiences I've had, I've noticed a clear difference in being treated as a black American, black African-American, as opposed to what I've received from others traveling for people of color, particularly African um, people of African ethnicity, African Mm -hmm. immigrants, African nationals that are in places that I traveled. So have you guys ever experienced that? And I think that could be national or international, but I've definitely experienced that internationally being treated differently. Yeah, I um, I was in China for the Olympics, so that was, what, 2008. And we, we, we went with a group, and I was with a lot of my family, and a lot of people were like, you know, they don't like us. And, you know, like there was a lot of mm-hmm. angst mm-hmm. around, like, going there. Um, one, really more around being as a black person, Right. But when I got there, I realized that we're Americans, right? Like it, it was a very different thing for me wow. to experience travel and being lumped into the identity of an American mm-hmm. and what that meant. And really, my race, because I look different, was a thing, but it wasn't really that it much of a thing. It didn't supersede the Americanness right, of you. The Americanness of me was first. So that whole intersectionality was kind of blowing my mind. Mm-hmm. But I had this mm-hmm. little exchange with this. Um, Chinese woman who looked like she was 80, which probably meant she was 95. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And she was with her sister, and I knew enough Mandarin to be dangerous. I can't remember what the word is now, but she was pointing to her sister and saying, This is my sister. And I was with my sister, and I was like, She's my sister. And so she was, we were kind of looking at each other doing mangled Mandarin English, right? <laughs> Just having this this talk. And she reached up, like, to, to touch my hair. So, first of all, you're like, Really? So, in my head, I'm thinking, oh my God, my mother would just really be upset with me if I was disrespectful to this woman. And the vibe was so, it wasn't, she wasn't attacking me. She wasn't, it was just like, she just wanted to see what it felt like, if that made any sense. And so I kind of leaned in and and literally like bowed my head and she kind of, you know, ran her fingers through my locks. She was like, oh, she's like, huh. You know, and it's just, she's like, it's soft. I'm like, yeah, you know, and, and mm-hmm. I thanked her and she thanked me. And it was it's just it was just a weird thing where and in that moment, I thought I am a person traveling in this place and I want to experience what they what they do and how they do it. And it just for then ever solidified for me that you have to go in with your own experience because people will tell you, don't go here, don't go there, they don't like you, it's going to be this, that, and the third. And I'm just like, yeah. Buy the I plane had... ticket first and plan later. Exactly. That's the motto. T-shirt. That should Another be t-shirt. a T-shirt. Yeah, yeah a T-shirt. <laughs> that should be a T-shirt. Yeah. You know, oh, go ahead. No, I had I had an experience like that in in Chile again. This is just one of my more recent travels, so it's it pops in my head in Santiago. And so what I learned when I was there was that um, Chile and Santi- the country of Chile and Santiago, the city in particular, after the um, earthquake Mm -hmm. in Haiti Mm -hmm. um, welcomed was one of the places that I guess formerly welcomed Haitians to come to the country after the earthquake. 
when I was there, at least, and, you know, I think we also have to be mindful of the fact that living someplace and being there for a week or two different right, things. Very true. Right. As I traveled there, there was a lot of discourse, political discourse going on about um, the Haitians who were now there because there was, mm-hmm. it, it appeared Refugees. from what my mm-hmm. conversations were with people and mm-hmm. understanding was that there was conflict about th- now there's too many of them and, you know, they're taking over. That sounds or, familiar. <laughs> sounds very mm-hmm. familiar. Mm-hmm. And there were definitely places and, and experiences I had that I could see people being unwelcoming of me until I opened my mouth. Mm-hmm. They knew you were American. And then they knew yes. that I was American, mm-hmm. right? Normally it's the shoes. <laughs> and maybe mm-hmm. it was the shoes. But mm-hmm. there were just these experiences where it was like, mm-hmm. and we've had conversations about not being unwelcomed, but not being welcomed. Right. Yes. And it was those huge gulfs mm-hmm. where I would walk into a um museum or walk into a restaurant and there's that momentary silence of I don't know if I want you here and then I opened my mouth and then I was American and then it was fine and you can see like obvious signs of relief like whoo this is different this is going to be a different experience so that that's my experience and I thought that was I I was surprised, I guess. And as I've traveled more and more, I see it more and I can think back to other international travels in Turkey in particular and Hungary, just a number of places where now that I'm thinking about it, now that my mind is open and aware of that, Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, yeah, that happened. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I can Mm -hmm. think of it's been very different. The one place that I felt otherwise was Europe. And it was, I agree with that. It, it was Germany specifically. And I absolutely love Germany um, because I think of all the history and mm-hmm. things like that. But I think that's probably the one place I was there with a friend who ha- was actually having an art show. Um, and it was just a whole different vibe. Mm-hmm. It was a whole different vibe. Um, but on the flip side of that... Um, you know, we make everything a positive experience, right? Um, to be able yeah, to I'm learn history. Yeah, I'm half fun, I'm right? Gonna have fun. I'm half fun. <laughs> I'm enjoying this art show. I'm gonna learn some of this history. I'm gonna, you know, we're we're rolling and we're rolling past places where there were concentration camps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just to be able to see all that and to experience all that. But on the flip side, I've traveled to places like Africa where, you know, I've spent time in South Africa and East Africa where it's totally different, yeah. right? Because everybody no looks like it. It's a looks completely like different thing. experience. Not in South Africa. Depends but on where you go. Depends on where you go. Right. As a, as a traveler. Because we did go out to some as of the townships, traveler. right? Yes. Mm-hmm. But when you're in like Johannesburg, you're yeah. in Joburg. Joburg mm-hmm. is Chicago. Right? Mm-hmm. Joe Burger, Chicago. And Cape Town is. Oh, and Cape Town is fabulous. But is, you go out to the, you know, you get off the plane in Kenya and they're like, you know, talking to my dad. My dad had traveled a lot to Africa before he eventually took me over there. And welcome home, brother. Welcome <laughs> home. And I'm like, you get off and everybody is it. black. And I'm like, but that's not the only place I've had that experience. So mm-hmm. um, I was in Taiwan and I happened to go out. Number one, I did not know there was aboriginals in Taiwan, right? I had no hmm. idea. And so we went out. Um, a, f- a friend of mine took me out to Sun Moon Lake, and they did a, um, they have this tea where they teach you how to make the tea. And hmm. so I sat down, and I just started listening, and this woman started teaching me how to make this tea. And she was like, 
I thought you were one of us. I mean, and when I stepped off, when I stepped on this little island on some moon, like when I tell you the familiar, the familiarity, Ooh. I'm not going to get that word out, that I felt when I looked at the wood carvings and the artwork mm. and I'm looking at the noses and I'm like, these mm. are my people, wait, hold on. <laughs> Everywhere. Wow. That's the thing. I mean, we are everywhere, everywhere. and we are the the belly of humanity. Mm -hmm. I mean, seriously. And I never even thought being in Taiwan, like, okay, this is Taiwan. But I I, I promise you, I got off that boat and stepped on, and I just started looking around, and I was like, oh, this is home. And she was like, I have a man for you. (laughs) (laughs) That's serious. You should have stayed. I know, right? I missed you, sis. I was like, "Mm, hold on. You got a man for me. (laughs) This is a viable option. A boyfriend. Listen, this is a viable option. (laughs) But but otherwise, otherizing, I think can go, you know, I have felt one way, but then I've felt in many places (laughs) that I did not know. Because when you talk about China, there's, we're there too. Well, yeah, yeah, yes. we're there too. You yeah. just gotta find us, right? right? Like right. historically, we're mm-hmm. there, and so I have mm-hmm. felt both, um, but more so the acceptance and the that's awesome. You know, that's an amazing feeling. It is. Okay, hey. so now I want to go to Taiwan. I guess they still make it. Still, listen, they, they still, still make it. They still make it. You have Jean- all inspired me. Start with <laughs> Africa. It's a whole different experience, no matter where you go. And stepping list. off of that plane, <laughs> it, I don't know. I, yes, yeah. a whole different experience. You just gotta dig your feet into that. You do African homeland. And it sounds mm-hmm. weird, or at least my experience when I when I tell people about it, it does sound like. Mm, this is something that you would see on the side of a Coke bottle that people would be upset about. But it, I felt a whole different way getting off of a plane and walking out of an airport and seeing people that looked like me mm-hmm. and not seeing people that didn't look like me. Mm-hmm. Um, it felt good. It's a whole different sensation and a sense of comfort that I didn't know that I was missing until I went to Africa. And where I first encountered that was in Zimbabwe, and that was that was years ago. But that was just a feeling that I've had ever since that time, and mm-hmm. every time that I've stepped foot on the continent. So, start there. Taiwan later. Okay, <laughs> I'm coming at all because I'm behind. <laughs> when I think of my otherness, my stories kind of echo a bit of Carrie's. Of what she was saying, um, when I w- I've gone to Jamaica, of course, because of my mom's um, heritage, and in going there, I identify as black, as a, as African American. I think everyone who sees me sees me as such, and mm-hmm. I forget. So when I was there, I am the um, darkest in the color scheme and hue of in my family in terms of the cousins. And when I went there, um, I'm mistaken for Haitian, which I didn't realize my Jamaican grandparents thought was a slur or an insult. Because there's a hierarchy of the different Caribbean countries. And then being at the airport and someone speaking to me in Spanish. And I didn't realize they're speaking to me, which I speak zero Spanish. I took French. And then um, speaking to me louder in Spanish. And then my sister does speak Spanish. She's fluent. She's telling her, oh, she's not Dominican. (laughs) She, You know, and, and then how people interact with you based on that and then as soon as they find out I'm African-American wow while we may be marginalized here we're still elevated above other brown-skinned people 
Haitians, possibly uh-huh. Jamaicans, and other countries. As a result of it's the Americanness, it's so much uh-huh. Americanness, and I felt the um, colonization. Uh-huh. So, mm. with my grandparents um, identifying as Jamaican but not black, you know, there's a difference in being Jamaican, Scotch Irish, and thinking. Um, their fair skin gave them a privilege, which it did access to, and that my brown skin, that I'm a part of their family, how dare they mistake me? Mm-hmm. So it's even familiar. So so interesting traveling. Mm. But that's where I saw the otherness because I did like Denisha, here's all these people who are black. Right. And, and you know, they're exactly. black people, but and then no no, but they're Dominican. No, 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 but they're but they're but they're there. And then it's all of this and how we've embodied that and internalized that. And I so I wanna go to Africa, and I think we're going to talk more about bucket list because I mm-hmm. want that experience, mm-hmm. that yeah. experience that I call the Wakanda experience. <laughs> it is a Wakanda experience. Yes. Now you know. Don't let Thea get to it. I know. Go no, no. Thea. No. <laughs> I'm not gonna do it. All right. Well, we should talk about bucket lists since you started mm-hmm. off. Oh, since you started off, Nicole, I'll let you go. Well, my bucket list, of course, the whole continent of Africa, but specifically South Africa, has been on my bucket list for longer than I can imagine. Mm. Um, History, Cape Town, Johannesburg. I want to go to all of that and show my son as well. I think it will Mm. be life changing. And the other is I really I've been fascinated with the Maasai people of Kenya for years. I would love to go there on safari in a very um, more being alongside the locals and not in this. Um, mission tourism kind of approach that I know Mm -hmm. some people love. I I want to steer away from that, but really get to know the culture. I'm fascinated. So um, I know I would be forever changed. That's my bucket list. Denisha? My bucket list is to pick up and retire in a whole nother country. (laughs) I do not want... This is not a slam against the United States, but I don't want to be here. I mean, even right now, Mm -hmm. I would like to pick up and take my child Mm -hmm. and, you know, where can we go and move? And so, you know, Belize, I've been, you know, exploring Belize Mm -hmm. and exploring some different places. And so really my bucket list is to be able to spend the the rest of my elder years Mm -hmm. um, in another place. Um... South Africa, Australia, Amsterdam, Croatia, which I will hopefully get off the list next year. You will. Yes, well, we're yeah, going. July. Speaking Croatia truth. coming up soon. Speaking July 2019. And um, Panama. Uh-huh. Mm, Panama. Yeah. So those are the, and I'd like to go to Spain. Mm-hmm. So those are, those are the ones that are literally in my book to say these are the places that you want to visit. Yeah. Oh, definitely. You, you need a vision board. Yeah. That's a whole lot With of all of this. <laughs> I just wrote it just down. Just cut out a picture and paste it on there. Just a, the world map? The world map. <laughs> I have multiple mm-hmm. world maps in my okay. home, as you all know. Okay. So just a world map. A world I put map pins. with pins in it. I do. I put pins. Okay. It I'll makes me happy. Make me do arts and crafts. Selena is, she's already asked, and she's asking for a few years when she can. 
And it. so let's. Well, we should. Oh, you should plan that. Let's get that going. And look what oh. you instilled in her. Of all the things that people say when they turn when they 16, turn 16. That's true. I love that. Oh. If that doesn't speak volumes about the type of parent you are, yeah, and the type of daughter she is, okay, well, yeah. I love Sign that. Sign me up. That gave me life. Thea is signing up for everything. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, sh- and shout out to another shout out to Panama. I got friends in Panama. Um, African Journeys. My friend Rich. He lives in New York. He does um, diaspora based tours and international travel so he does the Amsterdam tour he does a see there uh, you go right along the lines Panama he's Panamanian so um, you know yeah. I got some friends and we should down shout there. out Afro Latina yeah. travel we yeah, took their sure. tour yes. and their trip to Cuba yeah. and they also have a tour and a trip to Panama as well so yeah. that's how it got on my list we, we <laughs> that's how it got on the list we, yes. have, options. we have lots of options mm-hmm. it's it's endless um, my my bucket list is everywhere so there isn't one <laughs> that tops something more than the other. Frankly, um, I looked at my phone to check time and I got an alert for my app that says, oh, round trip tickets to Dublin starting at $700. And this app I put in, oh, I have a vacation in March. Where should I go? So now they're just randomly sending me flight fares for the week that I plan on being on vacation. So my bucket list, I, I... I've always wanted to go to Australia. Mm-hmm. I've always wanted to go yes. to New Zealand. I mean, since I was little, that's probably one of the first places that I wanted to go. I don't know why. Now I've been thinking about Zanzibar over and over and over again. Hopefully yeah. the universe mm-hmm. puts that mm-hmm. in my way. But my travel is really based on, oh, there's tickets there and they're cheap. Okay, I'm going to go. Love that. I love so that. I usually travel I place last. This from the tickets woman who first. plans everything. I know. She I do. Buy the plane ticket first. I, know. I do. I just I know. Oh. And she I, buys a plane ticket and then you write your list. No. <laughs> and you know what? And I do. So here, yeah. Here's my list for travel. Okay, okay. So I buy my plane ticket and then I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I'm going to whatever Dublin. And then it's like, what is there to do in Dublin? So then I write down a bunch of things and I honestly don't make a like specific list. I write down. I have two columns. One is a musty column and the other column is a would be nice column and the must see column I actually spend a lot of time curating that because must see is must see and those are the things that I do and if I get up on a day and I decide to go that's when I go and if I do something else on another day that's what I do so I'm far less organized I'm organized but I'm far less meticulous when I travel because Mm -hmm. it's just I am there to experience more than I am there to check things off of my list Mm. at least that's the way I try to look at it so well Mm -hmm. said that's a true vacation it is and then I have to admit I'm gonna have to co-sign Denisha like my goal in life is to not be here to mm-hmm. live. They're leaving us, sis. And no, to yeah, they're, they're gonna be gone. Right. And I don't know where. And I want to be able to, to decide. I want to be able to enjoy Amsterdam and decide I no longer want to be there. And I, I hope that my retirement and when I'm able to do this is when I can go back and re-explore the places that I've already mm-hmm. been, and mm-hmm. and do it at my leisure and mm-hmm. see the other things that I didn't see um, the first time. So that that's my bucket. And can mm-hmm. I bring this full circle real quick? Mm-hmm. So when we're talking about in the middle, mm-hmm. and we're talking about, because I know what my middle story around travel is, what is your middle story around mm-hmm. travel? Feeling, my middle story is more of a wandry, um, a wandering mm-hmm. story. And it really is, it really is managing 
how I feel on the inside, which is very, um, I, I want to move a lot. I'm restless. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to see different things and sort of the the armor that I've created around that, um, mm-hmm. which is what my everyday life and very meticulous and very structured. Mm-hmm. Um, that is that is my middle story is really trying to balance that and allow both of those characteristics of myself to be prominent, to mm-hmm. to not shrink either of those. Really? I think my middle story is just real brief as I keep thinking about being middle class and being in the middle of being a mom and then being wanting to be this curious life learner mm-hmm. wanderer right? and um, how that plays in. But in listening to this conversation, you have just all given me life and a new perspective of how you can do both, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It's your mindset. And so in that that wanderer, curious life learner, don't I want to share that with Rowan so he can be right. 16 wanting to go someplace fabulous or right. his birthday instead of just a car. So. So, so buy the ticket and bring toilet paper? Buy the plane ticket and bring toilet paper. And just do it. Because you know what? <laughs> the cultural capital that you get from <clears throat> from travel gives us the opportunity. And this is what I was going to say was my middle story. The cultural capital that I got from travel allows me to be the chameleon that I can sometimes be when I want to. Right? Mm-hmm. And so to be able to be that chameleon because I'm able to... Um, I have that capital and I can, you know, because I've experienced these other cultures, I can wind my way mm-hmm. in and out without being intrusive mm-hmm. and without being uh, offensive. Mm-hmm. Because anytime you travel, you have to know where you're going and For how sure. to not offend somebody, right? Yeah. And so That's that important. cultural capital took me further again than any education I ever got. And so I really appreciate this story, Carrie. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Me too. All right, so ladies, this is Trust Our Truth time. And I do not have a personal Trust in My Truth. I have an Instagram Trust My Truth. So this was something that I saw on Instagram about travel, and it resonated with me. Um, And it was also one of those moments where I was thinking, man, I can't believe that happened. But in the spirit of trusting that person's truth, it did happen. So this lady um, was flying with her mother they had taken a vacation together they were in europe they were at the airport checking in for their flight the flight uh, attendant told them that their bag their carry-on bag was too big to go on the plane um the person said my bag is not too big i specifically bought this bag because it fits international carry-on um 
sizes. And the flight attendant started arguing with the customer about how the customer was rude and she deserved an apology and refused to give her passport and her ticket back to the customer and refused Ooh. to let her board the flight because of this conversation about this international carry-on bag. The passenger said, well, let me put my bag in your box right there where you size all the bags. Mm -hmm. The flight attendant put it in the box, the bag fit, and the customer thought that this would have been the end of that conversation, except the flight attendant wanted an apology and, again, refused to release the ticket and the passport until this black customer apologized to her for being rude and essentially standing up for herself about something she knew to be true. Um, during this conversation, which just adds icing to the cake, the customer is posting about how another male, white male passenger walks up to check in. Another flight attendant says that this customer's bag is too big. They put the bag in the box. The bag doesn't fit. The senior customer who is arguing with this black woman just waves him on so he can get onto the flight. In the <laughs> midst of this entire conversation about not being able to get on a flight because a bag is too big and I'm reading this and I'm thinking Jesus yeah. Lord <laughs> yeah. and and that that is a trust my truth because if you told somebody that they anybody it could be one of us you would take a step back like no, no. that well, didn't did happen something, was, must something must have happened yes. did you hit her you yeah. know like something must have happened right. but it, again as you've said before, Nicole, as we've said in conversation, you do have to trust the stories that we tell. Um, microaggressions yeah. are macroaggressions. I think you said that well yeah. the other night. Yeah. Um, but that's something that is that a way to end your vacation? Is that a way to end an experience you had where you were in the right, but somebody is demanding an apology of you because you weren't the the humble black person that mm. they expected you to be in that story I all i heard was airport right y'all would just have to come get me we, we would we would have to get you <laughs> from security listen i would take a vacation yeah, first but then i would come get you the right. first thing i heard though it wasn't about was the bag too big it was that your skin is too black right that's mm. really what it was and, and you're you not following my instructions here. yes mm -hmm. and you're not acquiescing and minimizing mm. yourself mm -hmm. but standing up proudly mm -hmm. and strongly in your truth that's what I heard in that story. Unbelievable. The airport stories we could tell. Oh, <laughs> right. yes. Denisha and the I airport. traveled recently. Oh, yeah. yeah, I've had some airport experience. The airport so can be I, a I, dangerous I place. That. I feel that. I feel that. <laughs> well, yes. Hashtag mm -hmm. trust our truth. Hashtag trust our truth. <laughs> Well, that's the end of our episode, Buy the Plane Ticket and Always Bring Toilet Paper. Again, I want to thank Naomi Prelo and Nikki Okazi for their interviews. Of course, we always want to thank our Rise Tribe family, um, <laughs> Studio 902. And I mentioned Onika the Traveler. Uh, we are not friends, but she is an amazing blogger, someone who is on television. She's had an amazing glow up. Please visit her site. Um, Thank you. See you guys on the next one.